We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, all, and welcome to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Wilson. Hope you guys enjoyed the very first episode. Glad to have you back. Um, I want to co- cover a couple topics today. Um, first thing, I forgot to mention why I named the podcast the TNT um, College Football Podcast. Well, obviously, I'm not affiliated with Turner Network. <laughs> um, it, it's as simple as I use my children's initials, my son Tobias and my daughter Tori. So T and T. That's just my kids are extremely important to me, and I wanted to use that as a as a great way to name the podcast. Uh, one of my good friends then told me, "Hey, man, you got you should affiliate it with Dynamite somehow because it's just like Dynamite takes and all this and that." And that didn't come to my mind at all. And I guess I'm not that witty, but a cool play on words, I guess you could say. But now let's get let's get to talking football. Let's talk. Let's first talk conference expansion. I mean, this is obviously a huge, huge topic going on in the college football world right now. I mean, just within the past couple weeks, we've heard that Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. Is it going to be? Is it going to be next year? Are they going to wait till 2025? We'll wait and see. Um, It'll be interesting, though. I mean, well, well, can Texas compete? I mean, they have issues in the Big 12. It's going to be interesting to see what they can do in the SEC. Obviously, we know they have the facilities. We know they have the money. We know they have everything like that. But it'll just be interesting to see what they can do because they finish in the middle of the pack of the Big 12. How's that going to look in the SEC? Oklahoma? I mean, obviously... You look at it, where would Oklahoma finish in the SEC this year? Are they better than Alabama? Are they better than Georgia? I don't personally think so, but I know a lot of people do. Um, they'd be right there, though. I mean, they're they're top three for sure. I mean, that there's no question there on being top three. I mean, that is for certain. Um other things to look at with conference expansion, obviously, with the Big 12, I mean, with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, like, what's going to happen to the Big 12? Obviously, the huge question is, are teams going to start poaching those teams? You hear a lot of different rumors, like Kansas to the Big 10, Iowa State to the Big 10, West Virginia to the ACC. There's so many different things. Then you move on to Oklahoma State, Baylor, like, Texas Tech, do they go to the Pac-12? Do they find a way to keep the Big 12 going and add UCF, Memphis, Houston, whoever it may be? But one thing in conference expansion that I really want to talk about is some of the smaller schools 
I've I've told I've told you in the first episode of the podcast how big of a fan I am of the Sun Belt, how many games I've watched the past five five or so years, and it's it. I've become a big fan of that league. So it's really really interesting to me because the only team that I've really seen thrown around getting moved up to a, the Big Twelve potentially is Louisiana, and. Rightful, they rightfully deserve that. I mean, that that's a damn good football team, and people are going to learn that this year. Obviously, if you didn't know, they won at Iowa State last year, and they very well, and I hope they actually do, win at Texas this year. I'll get to that when I start talking about the AP poll. I'm a little fired up about that. But my question then is what happens to coastal Carolina who just made like a f- one of the best runs in college football history last year to go from an FCS program to this new FBS program. And they're, they're just so much going on there. They're in a, one of the great recruiting grounds. If you've, if you've never been there, you need to get to Conway, South Carolina. You need to get to Teal nation. You need to see, that stadium it's a beautiful place i've watched the spring game there it's fantastic i'm a i'm just a huge fan of coastal carolina football and what they've been able to do there another one you got to look at is appalachian state i mean let's not forget what they did to michigan many many years ago but this program has become one of the best as well that game this this coming year on a Thursday night, Coastal Carolina plays at Appalachian State. That will be one of the best football games of the season. Write it down. It will be. Though Both of those football teams are damn good. That will be a fantastic game. And the fact that neither of those teams come up in any of the conference expansion kind of baffles me. Because you got two really, really good football teams and two very well-coached teams. I understand that they're in one of the lower of the group of conference, like the lower level of it. I understand that. But at the same time, these are damn good teams. So what happens to them? Is, is there a way for, for them to do Conference USA and the Sun Belt come together and just say, hey, we're going to bring the best of the best from both our leagues together and do something and call it the Fun Belt USA (laughs) or something something like that. I mean, there's some really good teams in Conference USA that I didn't bring up either, like that that you could throw in that league, UAB, Southern Miss. There's really, really good teams over there too that you could put over there. Just an interesting thing that something me and my buddy – one of my good friends have talked about is like a, a team like Coastal Carolina. My buddy Nick Izzo, who lives in Myrtle Beach, we've talked about this. So we've said, what is the ceiling for Coastal? And I mean, we always said like the best that they could probably do is Conference USA. But after the season they just had, why can't they be in the American, the American Athletic? Why can't they go even higher than that? I'm not saying they're going to be in the SEC, but... Myrtle Beach in that area is growing. You're on the beach. Like, they have an opportunity to do something 
amazing there. So why not? So that gets me to my next topic, which I kind of hinted to already. But uh, the AP poll was, was released today. I, I mean, I don't have too many gripes with it. I mean, I mean, obviously, Alabama's number one. I think anybody, I mean, until they're beaten, they're number one. I mean, that's, you got to give them their due. They've done what they've done. Oklahoma being two, I mean, you, you can argue the top five, honestly. I mean, the top five is Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia. You can argue two through five, in my opinion, for any of those other four. I mean, I, I just, I mean, especially this early in the season, you just don't know. I mean, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, I mean, they're all fantastic, fantastic football teams. Um, but then after that, you get to... I'll go six through ten right here. Is Texas A&M, Iowa State, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, North Carolina. I am super excited to see Cincinnati in the top ten because I personally think Cincinnati is going to make the college football playoff. I think they are going to be the first group of five team to make the college football playoff because their schedule sets up to where they can do it. They have to win the American, obviously. They have to go undefeated, obviously. But they play at Indiana and at Notre Dame. Sets up so well for them. If they are able to win both of those games and then go undefeated in the American, I think that they then deserve the right and the opportunity to play in the college football playoff. Because I think Notre Dame has a chance to be very, very good, obviously. And Indiana has a chance to be very, very good. So... If Cincinnati is able to win at both of those places, I think that catapults them. I also personally think Iowa State is going to win the Big 12. I know that's not going to... I know a lot of people might not agree with that, but I'm still not set on Spencer Rattler. Um, and I just think Iowa State and what they've done and what they've built is just something fantastic. They have so much back, so many great players on that team, and I just think they're going to be able to get it done this year. I don't know if they win in Norman this year, but I think if they get the rematch with them in the conference championship game, that's when they get them. Then you go to Texas A&M. Texas A&M is going to have one of the best defenses in college football, just top-notch. But they lose four of their five offensive linemen, and they lose Kellen Mond. They have to. They get Alabama in College Station, but then later in the year they go to Ole Miss and they go to LSU. So I think they could potentially lose three games. Then you got Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's going to win a ton of games just because their schedule isn't the greatest. Um, it'll just be interesting to see how that unfolds. I think a really, really interesting, really, really interesting matchup for them is. Wisconsin. Um, let me check when that is. They are playing Wisconsin at the end of September in Chicago. And they just named Wisconsin grad transfer Jack Cohen their starting quarterback. So that'll be really interesting to see how that goes. Because Wisconsin is one of the few teams on their schedule that can beat them. But they got an inside track, obviously, with their grad transfer quarterback. Um, 
Then you got North Carolina rounding out the top 10. And Sam Howell, I think, is the best quarterback in college football. I mean, he can do it all. All right, now let's look through 11 through 15. You got Oregon, Wisconsin, Florida, Miami, and USC. First off, I think 11 through 25 is something where you can kind of throw so many teams around. And it's kind of up in the air. Let, let me go through it like 16 through 20 is LSU, Indiana, Iowa, Penn State, Washington. Then 21 through 25 is Texas, Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, Utah, and Arizona State. I think having five Pac-12 teams ranked is just a bit head-scratching. Um, obviously, Oregon has a ton of talent. USC has a ton of talent. But I personally think Washington's the best team in that league, in my in my opinion. I, I know that's that's kind of off the radar for some people, but Washington returns a lot. The tr the true freshman quarterback and Heward they have coming out, I think he could be really really special for them. Um, seeing Arizona State there, I I love seeing them ranked because I am a huge huge fan of Jaden Daniels. I saw him play against Michigan State his freshman year. And the way he drove them down the field to end that game against the Spartans in East Lansing proved to me just how good he could be. I mean, he is fantastic. The uh, the Iowa-Indiana game to open the season with those two at 17-18, that's going to be really fun to see. I like, I like seeing that. You know that they had to put Miami up in the rankings just so Alabama, we all know the conspiracy out there that they want Alabama to play as many ranked teams as possible. Miami obviously should be ranked. Derek King is a Heisman candidate. He is fantastic. Is Miami the 14th best team in America? I don't think so, but hey, it's a it'll be a it'll be a good uh good win for Bama then. But but the number one issue. I have with the top 25 here is just Texas. What in the, how in the world is Texas ranked 21st in the nation? I, I just, I just don't understand it because they're a blue blood. I'm so glad though that Louisiana is ranked ranked. So then when they go into Austin in week one, and I hope they just beat the brakes off of the Longhorns. I really do just to prove a point that the top three in the Sun Belt, Coastal, App State, and Louisiana, are as good as it gets. They are fantastic football teams. Coastal Carolina being 22 is a, is a travesty in my opinion as well. They should be 15 in my opinion. But they, I'm trying not to be biased with how much I like the Sun Belt. But I I, I just got to put it out there that the, the those three teams are so fantastic. And another team that's not ranked in the AP Top 25, who I think has a chance to really, really make noise, is the Boston College Eagles. Uh, Phil Yurkovich at quarterback, I think, is a dark, dark horse Heisman candidate. And Boston College has an opportunity to really, really do something this year. Um, they could get 10 wins or more, honestly, in my opinion, with the way their schedule sets up. And I think that they could... Give Clemson a run. I honestly do. And and I know a lot of people might not see it that way, but I really, really think that that could happen. That That's my thought on the top 25. I just, 
just had to talk about Texas being there. That just irks me. Um, one of the other things I had uh, somebody asked me to talk about was uh, transfer portal and kind of what I think about that. Um, like I said before, I was a college basketball coach before I started doing this, so I can talk about it from that perspective too and how, I mean, it's it's a big deal, um, obviously. It's it's a... It's not going away. Let's just say that it's a kind of a, I, I don't want to say it's a necessary evil, um, because it's not, um, it, 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 it serves its purpose of course. And it, it, and it's very, very important for the landscape of sports. I think with the NCAA's new, new rule of allowing student athletes to transfer one time and they get to play right away. I think that's a big deal because I think it opens up I think it opens up a lot of things, good and bad. I think I think uh, there could be some poaching going on in the future. Because um, who's to say, hey, why don't I go get the best player on the sun in the Sun Belt or the MAC to come play in the SEC, like or the Big Ten? Like, why why not just or best player in the Mountain West go play in the Pac-12? Why wouldn't? Oregon or USC do that? Why wouldn't Alabama do that? Why wouldn't Ohio State or Penn State do that? Just, uh, I, I, but I also think it's a good thing because, I mean, with the with high how high the turnover rate is with coaches, I think it's only fair to allow the players to transfer that one time because a lot of these kids they go to the they go to whichever school they're going to because of who recruited them. So if that coach is gone, then I mean, that's who they went there for. I mean, let's be honest. They're going, they're going to the school because they like the football situation. In most cases, most of the high major D one FBS guys are going to that division one school FBS school because they love the football situation and they love the coach who's recruiting them. They're not picking the school. Let's be honest. Let's just call it how it is. So I think I think it's a very important situation that they're allowed to now transfer in that situation. I think that's a great thing. Um, another thing I would like to talk about is the name, engine, name image, and likeness. Um, I think obviously this has been a long time coming, um, and if and if I'm just going to be straightforward with it, I think it's the the best thing that's happened to these athletes. Um, it's, I mean, I, th I think we all know that it goes on everywhere. I mean, we can trace it back to, to those Pony Express days with SMU and the old Southwest Conference. I mean, everybody's seen that 30 for 30 and the things that were going on there. I mean, it's, it's, uh, if, if all these boosters are going to be allowed to just gamble on these athletes, and whatever it may be in that situation or the schools are in the institutions are allowed to make millions and millions and millions of dollars off these athletes then why in the world can't the athletes then go make a little bit of money too it's it's only right and i understand people that are going to talk about amateurism and all this and that but let's be honest 
if you're going to the highest level of college football, if you're going to Alabama, you're going to Clemson, you're going to Ohio State, you're going to Oklahoma, you're going to Georgia, are you really an amateur at that point? With how much money you're making for the school, you're basically just training to play in the NFL. Let's let's call it how it is. So I I have always been a proponent for players getting paid, and I've always been a proponent for them being able to make money off themselves. I think the name engine, the NIL, is one of the best things that's happened for college athletes and college sports in general. I think it's just going to be better. Um, I, I mean, I know in the future it could become like the Wild West, and it could become an issue because then it turn, then it could turn into hey the quarterback of this school is making all kinds of money and all he's going to care about is his endorsements or whatnot. But I, I think in the name of sports that that's not going to happen because you need to produce and you need to play well. And the only way to do that is to win games. And I think that's the only way you win games is if you play as a team. And uh, I think that will take precedence over any of that. Um, you've seen a player like Derek King at Miami saying that he's going to use a bunch of the money he's made personally and divide it up between his teammates. And I think, I think that's a fantastic and I applaud him for that. And, and uh, hopefully other players will do that too. Cause I, I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot of guys like that, like in his standing that are going to make significant money, obviously where they could help their teammates out. And I, I think that's a big deal. Um, again, just, Big, big fan of that. Just wanted to talk about a couple of those things uh, tonight. Um, looking forward to my next episode. I'm planning on, like I, like I said in the first episode, I plan on doing a bunch of interviews and such. Um, the very first interview I have set up is with my brother, Chris Wilson. We are going to do just a deep dive into the SEC and the SEC stadiums and venues. Like I said, he works at the University of Florida, and uh, we both are really, really looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun to just kind of dive into that because that's where this whole idea started originally was like, hey, I'm just going to go to the SEC venues. So with my brother working at one of the SEC schools, um leading to what now this has turned into to all of the schools now but I think it's only right to dive into where this idea started and go from there um, again uh, you can feel free to reach out to me on Twitter personally at coach underscore B will or at our Twitter account for the podcast at TNT college foot one you have any questions if you'd like to have me on your show i'd love to talk talk college football with anybody um if you want me to discuss something else um feel free to reach out that way as well um having a lot of fun with this appreciate all you guys uh listening have a good night god bless <laughs>